Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries in Pytown, New Mexico. My goal is to reinforce Christianity with the red words of Jesus Christ, the ones written in your Bible. Do you know what Jesus said? What he did? What he said to do? This whole series is based on Jesus. His life, his friends, his ministry, and his relationship with his Father, as recorded in the four Gospels. We're going to delve into mysteries that have been hidden, not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. We're looking at chapter 55 in the book called The Words of Jesus. And uh, here we find that Jesus rebukes James and John's desire to misuse spiritual power. I've told you before, I love the little book, uh, but sometimes uh, their theological slant, their philosophical slant on Jesus and what he said and why he said it, sometimes I disagree. Um, But uh, that's okay. Uh, disagreement's good. Makes us think, doesn't it? So here we have Jesus. Uh, it's being said that he's warning his disciples against the misuse of spiritual power. Well, look, friend, I've got news for you. You can't misuse spiritual power. Spiritual power is something that is given to us by God, and you're not going to bend his arm and make him do something that's against his very nature because you've been given spiritual power. It's really not a concern. Um, There are some people who who act like they do have this kind of power, um, and, uh, and perhaps you think they're misusing it or they think they're misusing it or using it to their own advantage or whatever else. Um, there's, there are people who believe that the healing preachers have been given the power to heal and they're using it for their own gain. No, they're not. They don't have the power to heal. God doesn't just indiscriminately give somebody this, this power to do this and then hope against hope that they don't use it for their own gain. No, that's not the way this works. Uh, we do what we do in the name of Jesus. We do what we do in the name of our Lord God Jehovah, which means in his nature. It's a fail-safe mechanism that's been built into Christianity that uh, you don't think you're going to heal somebody or bless somebody against the will of God, do you? Do you really think that you have the power to misuse spiritual power? I think it's a It's a a misunderstanding, and it comes from uh, just bad philosophy, bad theology. Uh, You're not thinking about this right. If you think these gifts that God gives us, oh, the gifts of God are without repentance, the Bible says. Um, What does that mean? So he gives us the, the power to heal, and he can't take it back. He gives us the power to heal, and he just hopes we won't misuse it. That's foolishness, friend. What we do, we do in his nature. That means, that, that, that is iterated in the scriptures this way. What you do, you do in my name. If you do it in my name, you will have spiritual power in that situation. 
You do this in my Father's name. Uh, there are such a things, there, there, there is such a thing as doing something in the name of a prophet. We've read that before. Uh, anybody receives a prophet in the name of a prophet? What does that mean? And receive them in the name of Elijah? I receive you in the name of Elisha. I receive you in the name of whatever prophet. Just throw a prophet's name in there? No, no, no. We've misunderstood the name thing from the very beginning. Um, And a lot of it starts with baptism. There are people out there that can't even imagine being baptized and the preacher not say in the name of Jesus. Because you have to say it. Don't you have to say it? That's not being baptized in the name of Jesus. What if you're baptized in whiskey? In the name of Jesus, does that count? Uh, what if uh, you're baptized in tomato juice? What if you're, uh, you know, sprinkled with, uh, I don't know, any, just name any liquid in the world. And just because you say it's in the name of Jesus, is it indeed in the name of Jesus? How about uh, praying in the name of Jesus? There are people that can't even imagine ending a prayer without saying in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, Amen. You think that that makes what you said in the name of Jesus because you said so? Um, these, are, these are, I don't know, they're, they're, they're simple thoughts that have huge, complex, convoluted uh, uh, understandings behind them that I'm afraid that a lot of us just simply don't have. You can't you can't misuse spiritual power any more than you can uh, uh, baptize uh, somebody incorrectly because you said the wrong name or any of the rest of this foolishness that people are involved in today. I'll tell you the reason your family's falling apart. You're not baptized in the name of Jesus. Or you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost and not the name of Jesus. Or you were baptized in the name of Jesus and not the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Man, this is just... What is, you know who this is? This is the guy when you sit down to have a nice game of Monopoly or whatever, and he's over there reading, reading the instructions. <laughs> and he's over there making sure all the rules are followed. And you know, you know what I mean. Those kind of people, man... There's hardly a place for you in the kingdom of God that is run by the Spirit of God within us. That is how this thing works. And if you think that you're going to semantically prove something by taking some words out of the Bible, oh, the preacher didn't say Jesus. Uh, Any two or three of you are gathered in the name of Jesus, gathered in my name. Well, what is his name? They say ominously to scare the living fire out of you. <laughs> what is his name? Is it Jesus? No, that's a, that's a, a, a cognate of, of Zeus or something. You know, if you say Jesus, why, well, that just negates everything. Because we all know his name was Jesus. Or it was uh, Jesu. Or it was Yeshua. Or it was Joshua. Or it was, or it was, or it was whatever they come up with, whatever their denomination says. And this is the key to fixing all of your problems. Man, 
You are wasting your time trying to do this. I always ask people, all right, so Jesus shows up on the earth and he needs a job for some spending money. So he goes to Walmart and he gets a job as a greeter. What do they put here? What do they put on the little badge? That's a moniker, isn't it? That's a name, isn't it? Those are letters on a Dymo label maker. What do, they, what do they put on that little piece of tape? And I ask you, is that his name? Is that what he means when he says, do this in my name? No, no, never, ever. There's none other name given among men whereby men must be saved. Got news for you, friend. The scriptures say there's going to be a lot of people that are going to see the kingdom of God that don't even know who he is. Oh, you want to get all upset about that? You want to, well, you believe you can be saved and, and deny the name of Jesus? Didn't say that. You believe you can be saved and, uh, and not profess having faith in, in the name of Jesus or in Jesus or in whatever? Didn't say that. Jesus says, in that you've done it unto these, the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. Friend, we don't even know who you are. Everything we did, I, I don't know if it was in your name or not, but I mean, we did it because within us was the law of God that told us it was the right thing to do. You know what Jesus' attitude is? That's enough. That is my name. That is my nature. That's what I am all about. You're doing my work. And that's enough for me. Do you really think that if we don't spell it right, we don't say it right, and it's not printed in our Bibles correctly? You know, your Bible says the Lord. Our Bible says Jehovah. Or our Bible says Yahweh. So we're better than you? We're doing it in his name? And you're just doing it in some title? That's what they love to say. That's just a title. You call him God. God's not his name. Look, friend, I would rather do things in the nature of the God that, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'd rather do things in his name, in his nature, than to do whatever I want to do in his moniker. We've got this whole thing back to front. We are playing legalistic games with the scriptures. And you know who are the worst offenders? The people who say, you can't change the word of God. You can't change anything in there. Everything is just like it's written. It's just the way it's supposed to be. These people that are, are so... Um, uh, and, and, and the other end of the spectrum, the people who believe that you can't be so legalistic. They're the most legalistic people in the world when it comes to their own doctrine. Look, let's just face, friend, fa face the fact here. Uh, just among us friends, let's face these facts. We are wicked and selfish human beings. And it's going to be a miracle if you see the inside of the kingdom of God. Will you quit walking around thinking that you've got this thing all wrapped up, that you understand it all, and that it's just, it's just well known to you, and you, un you have a perfect theology, your denomination is the only right one? You know, that's just a sign of ignorance. There's a certain denomination. No need in bringing up names. But they believe, honestly, sincerely, I don't know if it's honest, but sincerely believe that anyone who is not a part of their denomination will not see what they call heaven. 
that is the almost the epitome, the apex of ignorance when it comes to religion. Jesus, he had a chosen nation. He had a chosen people. He was saving people by bloodline. His, his intention was to save Israel as a nation, as a people. He had this all laid out from one end to the other. And he dumped that idea and said, you know what, now, you know what it is now? Whosoever will. Whosoever will what? He didn't say whosoever wants. <laughs> he said whosoever will. Do you know the difference in those two things? Whosoever want, because a lot of times when, when you hear a preacher say, it's whosoever will, that's what they mean when they say that. Whosoever wants to be saved can be. No. No, not at all. Not at all, not at all, not at all. So what does whosoever will mean? Whosoever will come after me and follow me and deny himself, take up his cross. That's the one. Whosoever will keep my commandments. Whosoever will do right by his brother. Whosoever will uh, be the defense of the widows and the fatherless and the orphans. Done. That just sounds like works oriented. Look, friend. It is works-oriented. <laughs> it is. You really think that you can uh, demand of the Lord salvation for all eternity and never do anything that He says? Never obey Him? Never do what He wants done in the earth? Really? You think that? You're a fool. You're an absolute fool. And, and here's the worst part. You're a lost fool. I don't know where you're going. I don't, I don't know where you think this religion is going to take you. But uh, I'm sure you're happy in it or you would uh, make some change. I'm sure you're happy in it or you would study the scriptures and try to find out exactly what you need to do. And by the way, if you're happy with, you were with your religion, this probably isn't the show for you. <laughs> because uh, frankly, I wasn't. Frankly, I'm not. Frankly, I am disgusted at the fact that Jesus Christ is a stranger to his own church, standing on the outside, knocking on the door, asking to be let in. Frankly, it's disgusting. Frankly, I'm embarrassed. And I decided to do something about it. And when you decide to do something about it, then you're going to look into the Scriptures, you're going to read them for what they say, and you're going to understand them for what they mean, you're going to hear the voice of God in your life and you're going to make a change. Because I assure you, you're not there. Oh, you think you are? That's not what I said. You, what do you want to make? You just want to feel better if I say we're not there? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> uh, you know, are you one of these uh, socialists that believes that everybody's equal? You one of the, you know, the democratic thinkers that thinks that everybody's on the same level? You're crazy. <laughs> Of course we're not on the same level. A guy who spent his life searching for this way while you played golf? A guy who's, who spent his life uh, looking through the scriptures and, and trying to understand that this, this is not a lie, it's not a fairy tale, it, it actually stands for something, and there's things that are hidden in here for us? 
And a guy who's done that his entire life while you went bowling, while you pursued your job, while you, while you played games with, uh, with, with people in your life and did whatever you wanted to do, you're saying that that, that fellow that's got 40 years in this way and somebody who just nonchalantly and, and kind of haphazardly uh, has religion as a hobby are the same, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you're, just, you're just out of your head. I've heard people say, I've heard, I've heard preachers say to new converts, they go up to the altar and they cry and they ask Jesus to come into their heart. Like the Bible says? No, it doesn't say that. But nevertheless, they're up there and they're crying <laughs> and they're asking Jesus to come into their heart. And the preacher will tell them, you realize that now you're in Christ, like it was an instantaneous thing. Now you're born again, like it was an instantaneous conversion. Now that you've been regenerated. Behold, all things have passed away, and all things have become new. And they take these scriptures and try to convince them that they're, they're standing up differently than they bowed down. None of which is true. However, the thing that gets me is they look at that person and say, you're just as much in Christ. You're just as sure for heaven as a man who's been in Christ for 40 years. Where'd you get that, preacher? Where did you get that? What are you doing to this guy? I know what he's doing to him. He's grooming him to be the Sunday school teacher that they need. He's grooming him to be a guy who could take, you know, takes up the offering in the church or becomes a deacon or they're going to put him to work. Yesterday, he was a sinner. Today, he's a saint that understands all the mysteries of God. And that same preacher will be standing in the pulpit two or three months from now complaining that the church is full of lost people. <laughs> oh, man, you need to get saved. Well, you told him he was two months ago. You know, this, this thing just gets to nuts. And, and, uh, and to me, um, you know, you might think I'm just too lighthearted about the whole thing, but I do my crying off camera, okay? Uh, you know, for you, I, I, perhaps you, don't, you think that I'm, I take too comical an outlook on it. I assure you, there's nothing comical about this. These are people's souls that these preachers have been dinking with. These are people's, uh, you know, pure minds and pure consciences that they have been tampering with. It's, it's, their, uh, it's their personalities that they're twisting and changing and trying to convince them that they're saved. These things are so incredibly wrong. This is, this is worse. Honestly, this is, this is very difficult for me to say because I love what the church ought to be in the earth. I love the purpose of the church in the earth? This is difficult for me to say. But I think America would be better off without them. I honestly do. Because you take a lost man out of, a, out of the, you know, the, the back street bar somewhere, you know what that man knows that the Christian doesn't know? Or the, the so-called Christian, the church member? You know what he knows that this guy doesn't know? This guy knows he's lost. He knows he's not right with God. And this, this church member that's not right with God, that is lost, he thinks everything's just fine. You tell me which one's more dangerous. You tell me. I'm telling you that it's time 
that people stand up and say, no more, no more, we're not doing this, we're not going to twist the scriptures around and try to invent a church, invent a denomination, invent a reason and an excuse for me to do whatever it is I've always wanted to do, the way I've always lived. It's, it's like, uh, you know, the famous evangelist when I was much younger, who said, you know, I, uh, you know God took me out of the bars and I, I never quit drinking, I just changed fountains. Oh, that sounds cool. I never quit dancing, but now I'm dancing with Jesus. Those kind of things. I'm thinking, what the heck? Where, where did all this come from? You know what he's telling people? There's no need to change. You just need to come over to our side. That's all. Well, this is, we're not talking about Republicans and Democrats. Sure, a guy can change the D and the R after his name, but he's the same senator he was yesterday. It doesn't matter. Oh my goodness, so-and-so has changed parties. I bet he didn't. I bet he just changed his name. And I'm afraid that that's the way we live today. That is conversion. Yesterday, I wasn't a Christian. Today, I am. And friend, you know what you're, what, what you're missing in your life? Change. Do you want to know the Bible word for change? Repentance. You, you, well, did you really bypass repentance altogether? Oh, my goodness. I'm just a preaching now, ain't I? I really want to read, read this story. May I? You say, please do. <laughs> All right. In the 55th chapter, we find that Jesus is rebuking his disciples for misusing spiritual power. Here's the story. As Jesus was making his way toward Jerusalem, he sent messengers before him, and they entered a village of Samaria to make ready for Jesus' passing through that place. The Samaritans would not receive Jesus because he was going toward Jerusalem. Two of the, his disciples, James and John, became very angry over this and said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? As Elijah did. Jesus turned and rebuked them, saying, You know not what manner of spirits you're of. I want to stop here. Because I want you to know that um, I've had that said to me. You know, I tell you all the time, keep the commandments, don't disobey your conscience, take time every day to hear the voice of God. As soon as you start that in your life, uh, here's something you're going to notice. You're going to hear the Lord say to you, the first thing you're going to hear to the Lord say to you is going to be along the lines of, you remember when uh, that, uh, that woman snuck into Simon the Pharisee's house where Jesus was having dinner? Jesus was invited to Simon the Pharisee's house. And uh, Simon was, he was discrediting, kind of condemning, kind of judging this woman because she was having conversations or at least some interaction with Jesus. And Simon was looking over there across the table and seeing Jesus and saying, this guy can't be the Son of God. Because if he was the Son of God, he would know what manner of woman this was. <laughs> Jesus stands up and says to him something that you're likely to hear the Lord say to you. Simon? I have somewhat to say unto thee. 
Simon said, Master, say on. He didn't know what he was in for. I love the story, and we won't go into it now. But I've been there. I have been there. And one of the most devastating things that the Lord God can ever say to one of his children who has, who has consciously and purposefully set aside, a, set aside a time to hear his voice and looking for instruction, looking for answers in their life. I know you want to get answers. I know you've got questions. I know you want things to be different in your life. And it would be so nice just to go there and get your answer. But you see, there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us that's got to be fixed, it's got to be repaired, or it's got to be atoned. Atoned is a covering. Or it's God's mercy that says, you know what, I'm not going to look at this particular part of your life right now. We're going to deal with this. This is the mercy of God. You get an answer from a God you don't serve properly, you are right square in the middle of mercy. You hear from a God that you don't serve, that you don't consider to be your boss, if that happens, you are right square in the middle of mercy. But you don't have to stay there. Because if you're lucky, if you're very, very fortunate, you're going to hear him say something like, you know what your trouble is? You don't know what manner of spirit you're from. You don't know the spirit that begot your very soul. Begat. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know the spirit that has put life into you. Now look, that's a devastating thing to hear, especially from the lips of our Lord. But you'd better do something about that. You'd better make that change as quickly as is humanly possible. You need to get to know the spirit that begat you. You need to remember the pit from which thou wast digged. You need to, man, you just need to remember where you came from. You need to understand the power of the Spirit that changed you. Do you really think you're any different than these Samaritans that you want to call fire down on? God didn't call fire down on you. Who deserved it more, you or them? You're going to have a hard time judging that. But he didn't do it to you. Those are things that we need to consider. You know what? You're hardly going to get this unless you hear this from the mouth of the Lord God. I know I didn't. I hate to admit how old I was that the Lord told me I don't even know the spirit that brought my spiritual life into being. I'm ashamed of myself. But you know what? You don't have to be ashamed of yourself long. Repent. You want it? You want it in the modern vernacular? It's time to change. It's time to change what you do, how you think, how you live, how you even believe in Jesus Christ. Our time's gone. Till next time. Bye bye.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.